I'll tell you why. Cause I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have friends. Stop singing! Well, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. Wow. Only a true friend would be that truly honest. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales What's up, Senseless? Welcome in to a special edition of the Bold Nonsense Podcast. Yes, special, because this week, I, at Walsh Disney... You took journalism! Yeah. Get out of here! ...am by myself. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. The other two, Yahoo's, Jamooks, whatever you want to call them, thing one, thing two, they could not be bothered to show up on our regular Friday. What an idiot! Oh, what a loser! Good! Good! More for me and you. And, uh, you know, that's that, that's the most I'm going to say about them. They're not even that worth it. But the red light is on. The red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with me. We're, gonna, we're still going to do it. But we're going to do it a little different. It's not in episode 63, it's not that, because that, that's for the regular time. This is a special edition of the Bold Nonsense Podcast, and on this special edition, we are going to wrap up, put our final thoughts uh, on the 2019 NFL Draft. I know, I know. Uh, people like to rag on it after the fact. We'll get to that. But we're just going to put a little bow on it, make it all nice, have a nice quick time with it, uh, just have some fun, and we're going to get out of here. Try and make it pretty quick, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll continue with our great Saturday. We're all having good Saturdays. But first, and you know, I hate to do it because, uh, well, he bailed, but I, we must shout out our co-host at Still Smooth. I am recording this on Friday. You probably, hopefully, will be listening to it on Saturday. And the next day, Cinco de Mayo, Sunday, at Still Smooth will graduate. He will hit a, a particular milestone that he has been working very hard towards. And we are all proud of him, his co-host, me, and uh, in the world's smartest idiot. <laughs> do, 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 freedom! <laughs> 
We're very proud of him. His whole whole family, everybody is proud of him. And you, the senseless community, are hopefully proud of him as well. He's been working hard, and, uh, you know, he's missed a couple pods, but we still love him anyway. Now that that's out of the way, we need to get into it. The NFL Draft. And I, I, I mentioned it a little, a little bit ago, kind of foreshadowing. People love to talk trash about the NFL draft after it's done. You know, after they're done watching it or attending it or just consuming it in whatever way possible. That's when they love to say, why does everybody love this so much? Well, you just watched it. You tell me, guy. No, 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 no. See, everybody's got the complaints after the fact. But the but the the numbers say six hundred thousand people descended on Nashville like the plague that it was to uh, all bachelorette parties in the area. Two two hundred people, six hundred thousand people throughout that weekend. The the people watching on TV was anywhere from like forty to fifty million people. More people watched the draft than watch a regular NBA playoff game. But now. Now that it's over, now we start to say, well, you know, it doesn't matter that much. It's really not that cool. But didn't last week, didn't it just consume your, your whole show or, or life? You know, come on, man. It's fun. Just let it be fun. Just, let, just have a good time with it. This is the epitome of fandom. People love this. Why? Because those players immediately affect the team that they, those people root for on Sundays. It matters because in the, in the NFL landscape, roster construction, salary cap, it, this is why the draft's such a big deal. It's a hard salary cap. Well, these players are cheaper. These players are young. These are going to be the future of your franchise. Yes, the NFL wants it to be a TV show, and they do a great job marketing it, and it's now a festival. Yes, those things are true. But when it comes down to the football aspect, this is the future of your franchise. So don't, don't pretend to hate it after it's done. Once you're done using it to get your clicks, to get your numbers, don't then hate it. You won't hear that on this podcast. Here, we're all about, well, I'm all about the NFL draft. The other two... They're not even here. This is why this is happening, but they're not so much about it. It was huge, and it was awesome. It was a good time for, for all, all people involved in the NFL fandom. The second, the second thing I want to talk about is just the way to look at the results of the NFL draft. And that's not looking at it from people's mocks or their top 50 or their top five positional players. Yes, I had one of those. Uh, definitely read it, but don't, don't evaluate teams draft based upon it because the way to evaluate it is you kind of have to dig deep. You have to look at the situations, what those teams needs are, what they're looking for, the way they play their defensive and offensive schemes. You look at the Falcons, their first round, they went with two O-linemen. The first O-lineman was, he's known for not being very powerful, but he's quick and athletic. What do they do? They run his own scheme. So there, there you go, it fits. That's not a good draft. If you just look at it and you don't think Falcons, 
that's a bad draft. If you look at it and you say zone running scheme, that's now a good draft. So that's the way you got to evaluate it. That's the way you have to look at it. And that's definitely the way these teams are looking at it. So it can be difficult because, you know, you kind of have to deep dive. And that's not always the most fun. You just kind of want to look and, and go for it. But that's the way these teams are looking for it. That's, and when you hear, when you listen to the truly smart NFL-based uh, shows, podcasts, whatever, that's what you hear. That's what I'm hearing. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to say that this is over and above uh, football knowledge. It kind of makes sense, right? Uh, but there can be surprises within there. I just heard today on a different show, but no ads. You know, we don't do ads here. Heard on a different show uh, that Ryan Finley was taken, not because he was he he dropped or anything, or he was there, but. Because that's what the, who the team wanted. They had him ranked above other, other players, other quarterbacks. He was a top three quarterback for him. That wasn't on most mocks. But that's how, kind of how you have to look for it. But, but we'll move on. And uh, the third thing. We're talking about the third thing now. And this thing has gotten on my radar in the uh, past year, about. about. And that's drafting for... Need or drafting just based on the best player? Everybody says, well, you know, we're just going to draft the best player. No, no, you're not. You're going to draft the best player at your need. Why? Because that's what you usually do. That's what you're supposed to do. Because this thing isn't about just getting a whole bunch of really good defensive ends. There's 11 different positions on that field. You have to draft for need. Unless you, the only reason you should be drafting best player available is if you have a truly complete roster, which pretty much no one in the NFL has. So if you're saying you got that, you're lying to me. You're overly optimistic or you're just pure lying. You know, everybody knows that happens during the draft. Or if you have a terrible roster, then you can go ahead and draft, draft best player available because it doesn't matter what you get. You need everything. Those two reasons, uh, or if it's a, a player in the trenches, you know, offensive, defensive, lineman, that's always where you start to build. So you always need that. Those guys, they take a, they take a lot of beating. So they, they're coming in and out more often. So, yes, if you, take, if you have a, a really good roster, if you have a really bad roster, or if you're going in the trenches in the last thing, if it's just a ridiculous player, if it's someone you can't pass up, if you passed up, you'd be an idiot. You'd be David Gettleman. That's, if you got somebody like that, then yeah, fine. Just go ahead and take him because you know you're going to get something back at some point. They're either going to be good or you're going to be able to change, trade it, anything. You're going to get something back there. But draft for need. That's what teams do. They don't draft the best player available. They lie when they say we draft the best player available. I've got, you know, we've got examples here, and we'll get to some of them. Steelers. We'll talk about that. But drafting based on the best player just gets you a whole bunch of one. That's how you become the 49ers. They've got like 17 different really good interior defensive linemen, and no one else can do anything. 
So while while there's three good defense interior defensive linemen standing on the sideline, two are doing their thing, and then, then they get scored on because the other nine don't know how to play football. That their their fingers at their noses. Draft for need. Anytime anybody says, "Oh, you just gotta take the best player available," yell at them. Yell at them for me. You know, I've got some got that stuff off my chest. So let's dive into. Uh, the meat of this podcast. We're going to try and go quickly through some of the best and worst picks of round one. Let's go! And then after that, who crushed it? Well, I'm going to tell you who crushed the NFL draft. Who should be looking forward to next season? I'll let you know. But first, we're going to start with the best and worst picks of round one. We start on the negative side, always end on happy note. We start with the worst picks, but we're going to start at the top of the draft. We're going to start with Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals at number one. So why is this one of the worst picks in round one? It has nothing to do with the player. I'm not convinced. I had him as the second quarterback in this class, but it has nothing to do with, with his abilities. It's all to do with the the capital of the draft. Players and picks, they're assets. So none of this draft really matters and why this is a bad pick. It's all last year's draft. How much capital did you use to go get Josh Rosen? Well, what did you get? You bought super high and then you're so- selling super low. That's like the worst thing to do. I, you know, people who don't take finance, me, don't understand finance, me, they know that. Me knows that. And I don't, you know, that's the basic, that's, that's basic stuff right there. You got very little return for all of the investment that you put in. And now, and then you turn around and give one of that asset that you spent all of, all of, that capital on, to some other team. That don't make no sense. So that's why that's a terrible pick. Kyler could be great. And maybe five years down the road, it's not going to matter for the Cardinals. Because Kyler's that great. But if Josh Rosen's great too, (laughs) they never live that down. That never goes away. Sticking with uh, teams picking quarterbacks in, in bad spots. It's not the quarterbacks that are bad. Especially, I want to put that out there for this guy, Daniel Jones. The Giants picked him at number six. I want to put that out there. It's not, it's not Daniel Jones. It's not the kid. Because he didn't do anything. And he's getting ripped all, all over the place, all over the world. Every which way, every which day. It's not his fault. He didn't ask for the Giants to take him. But he wasn't going to say no. No, this is Gettleman. And the problem with taking Daniel Jones at six is the fallacy of taking a quarterback at the highest pick you have, especially when you have two in the first round. The Giants spend the whole offseason up to the draft telling us how much Eli, how good Eli is, how much that he can do for them, and how much he still has left. And then you took a quarterback at six? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! Why didn't you just say, so you love Eli. You've already told me that a hundred thousand times. 
take the take Josh Allen at six. And then if Daniel Jones is there at 17, you take him. If he's not, then take Dexter Lawrence, who you got at six at wherever he was, 17. You just told me how good Eli is, so you obviously don't need he's gonna play this year anyway. Well, we really like we really like a quarterback, and if you really like him, you gotta take him. Bullshit. You're not gonna like a quarterback next year? Get, get I guarantee you. There will be a number one quarterback next year in next year's draft. You know why? There's there's a number one quarterback every year. Unless there are no quarterbacks in the entire draft, there will be a number one quarterback. And we will convince ourselves that this guy's a franchise player, that he's transcendent. We did it this year. This quarterback class wasn't all that. It wasn't special. We made Kyler Murray out to be to be the savior of football. His quarterback class, eh, to average. Might be okay. Might be even even get up to pretty good. And look what we did with Kyler Murray this year. You don't think that's gonna happen next year? I promise you it will. I promise you it will. That's the problem. Daniel Jones is not the problem. The problem is in the thinking, is in trapping yourself into having to take a quarterback because every year we trick ourselves into thinking that this class of quarterback is the great quarterback. When that happens every single year, just wait. Be patient, Gettleman. Ah, too late. Okay, the next one. Brian Burns to the Panthers at 16. Uh, didn't Cam just have shoulder surgery? Aren't we constantly talking about Cam's excuses? Well, he doesn't have receivers. Well, he doesn't have an offensive line. Well, the defense got worse. Okay, at some point it's Cam. The defense was good. Oh, then he got good receivers and they were still bad. Well, okay, well now it's the offensive line. Well, when the offensive line was good, it was the receivers. When it was, was when the receivers were good, it was the defense. Okay. Come on. Too many excuses. If there are too many excuses, find the person those excuses are trying to protect. It's probably them. It's probably them. So no more, no more excuses. But now you're not protecting him. He just had, he just had major sh- shoulder surgery. You're not going to protect him anymore? You're going to take Brian Burns, who, who is going to try and... Sack the backside of a quarterback after he gets pushed over the top of the pocket by a tackle? Man, I can smell it coming already. That's mostly why I don't like this one. I can already hear the excuses. And I'm pretty much done with them. Okay, the last bad pick of the first round that I thought. Rashawn Gary to the Packers at 12. I don't believe that you should address similar needs, pass rusher in this case, in free agency, and the draft. Those are two, two different pools of assets. You already answered your pass rush problem with the, in the free agency pool. Well, you still have other problems. Go answer those with the draft pool. That's my problem with it. Again, not the player. I think you might be an all right player, and it's good risk. But I think you could have you gotten something. Maybe go try and get 
Aaron Rodgers uh, a tight end, a replacement tight end. Although they got one later. We'll talk about it. But I don't know. I wasn't sold on the Rashawn Gary pick. Those are the four picks I, I'm, not, I'm not super high on. Oh, no. We suck again. But now, like I say, skew positive. Skew positive. And on an upward note. So what are the best picks of the first round? Let's start. TJ Hawkinson to the Lions at eight. This guy compliments. He's a multi-attack player. He can block. He can run multiple different routes. He's athletic with the ball in his hands. People don't, people don't really see that as much, but he is. And I love the way he compliments their entire offense. The Lions receivers, what have they always been known for? And Matthew Stafford himself. Downfield shots. Hawkinson is really good in the intermediate areas. He can run this, some, some block ice routes. He can, be, he can be the hot route Stafford needs, the intermediate attack. While, while the other receivers are pushing the field vertically, Hawkinson can attack the middle of it. This is exactly what you want. That's why I love this pick. Potentially my favorite pick of the whole draft was the Steelers moving up to 10 to get Devin Bush. This is the epitome of drafting for need, like we were talking about before. They went up and got the linebacker that they've been missing. Where it, and, and they got Devin Bush maybe a little bit early. Christian Wilkins, Montez Sweat, Dwayne Haskins, Josh Jacobs, Noah Fant, Andre Dillard, Garrett Bradbury. They all went after Devin Bush was picked. Most of these players were said to to maybe be better prospects than Devin Bush. But the Steelers needed a linebacker. And they went and got him. That's why I love that pick. It's aggressive. Another aggressive pick at 22, the Eagles. Super aggressive. Going to get Andre Dillard. You build it. We tweeted it out from the bold nonsense. Uh, bold underscore nonsense on Twitter. Go find us. We tweeted it out during the draft. Build in the trenches. Build for the future. That's what the Eagles are doing here. They're always looking forward, always looking to stay strong in where football matters most, the, uh, the offensive and defensive lines, and that's what they did here. And they were aggressive to go do it, and they could be aggressive. They've got a, a good roster as, as it sits now and as it sat w- during the draft, so they were able to be aggressive and go attack something that they needed, and they did that. That's understanding your roster and what you need and how to build a team, frankly. I thought the Eagles did a really good job getting Dillard. And then, I know, line, offensive line talk, oh, God, but most people are probably falling asleep. But the Vikings at 18 taking Garrett Bradbury, that is, that is a, a roster-filling move. The Vikings have a really good roster, and there's just been pieces missing consistently. So they haven't reached their full potential. You know, I, I think about it, in my head it plays out as, when you're doing a puzzle, there are more rewarding puzzle pieces than others. Maybe you've got, uh, on, the right, on the right lower hand corner, you've got a big piece that you're almost done with. And then kind of in the center, you've got another big piece. And you, just, you need that one piece to connect them. And then you're going to have like half the puzzle done. 
You're telling me that one piece that connects those two smaller pieces to make them the, that 50% of the puzzle done? You're going to tell me that one piece, that, that last connecting piece, isn't more rewarding than, you know, the first corner piece you find? That's what Garrett Bradbury is. He's that connecting piece that really meshes this roster, completes the roster, and sets the Vikings up to really succeed. Whereas last year they were held back by their offensive line. This connects them. This is the finishing piece, and we'll see what they do with it going forward. For the last part of this special podcast, Bold Nonsense, no number to the episode, just a special NFL draft, I want to talk about who crushed it. Just in general, teams that crushed it, the whole draft. I've got four teams for you. Some of them we've talked about. Some of them we'll talk about starting right now. The, the number one team, I thought they had the best draft. Maybe 1A to a 1B that we'll talk next. But this is the 1A. At St. Bale's is, is going to shall rejoice. It's the Chargers. They, they crushed it, man. They crushed it. Jerry Tillery in the first round, he was a highly sought-after defensive lineman that just didn't really have the buzz around him. You know what NFL good NFL players don't need often? Buzz. They don't care. Just be good. And that's what Tillery is. They got him in the first round. This one of my favorite defensive backs in this whole draft process, Nasir Adderley out of Delaware. They got him in the second round. I comped him to Earl Thomas. This guy covers ground. Elite speed, covers the ground, really knows how to... He, he's smart. He, he knows the game. He can. It's so easy to tell he studies it at a high level. And when he sees it, when he sees the run and he goes up to pop, oof shadows of Earl Thomas, shadows. And any shadow of Earl Thomas is probably a better football player than most of the people in this draft. They got him in the second round. Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame in the fourth round. Uh, a linebacker who definitely has potential. He's got a, he was a safety at starting at Notre Dame, so he's got speed. He can cover. In this new pass-heavy NFL, he, he very well could succeed. And then I also like the Mickey Egbule in the sixth round, a really athletic, another really athletic linebacker that can be a playmaker for him. This is this draft fulfilled their roster and got really good players on their team. The one B to the one A, the Indianapolis Colts. I loved their draft. I think they've done a great job in the past two seasons, two drafts. In the second round, they traded down. They got Rocky Sin, cornerback. In the second round, a guy who's aggressive, he's physical, he's tough. When you bring that to the, to the secondary, oh, your defense is going to love a corner who's willing to come up and pop people. Also in the second round, they took Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell was my number one wide receiver, and I think he is going to flourish. This off, I cannot wait to see Paris Campbell in that offense. He is a jack-of-all-trades. He can do so many things. Uh, Ohio State used him on the fly sweep a lot. They threw to him. I mean, this guy, he's, he's got some rough edges. They'll, they'll shave off those rough edges. They'll make that look pretty, and they'll use him really well. I expect him to be a very productive player and maybe even, uh, even a sleeper in fantasy. 
Sleeper and Fantasy. There you go. You can bet you didn't expect that to come from today. Sleeper and Fantasy. Just keep an eye on him. That's all I'm saying. In the third round, they also got, uh, oh, geez, Robert Okarike, from, the linebacker from Stanford. He's a, he's a guy who can pop. You know, he, he comes in and he'll hit you. Stanford's got that physical style. Well, he's ready to go. And I think you need that. You know, the Colts want to be a physical, tough team. Just look at them taking Quentin Nelson last year. That's where they want to go, and this guy, this guy fits it. And then you got to take your ed, edge rusher, Ben Benagu, I believe is how you say it. Um, edge ed rusher with potential. You, t- you take him a little bit later, and you see what you get. You see what you get. The third team that I've got on here, I loved their draft, the Redskins. Taking Haskins and Sweat in the first round. Terry McLaurin in the third round. He's a receiver from Ohio State. That you know, He's comfortable with Haskins. Haskins is comfortable with him. They can both grow. He's got elite speed. They took Bryce, Bryce Love in the fourth. <laughs> if, if he hits, if they found him in the fourth and he hits, oh, geez. That's going to be a dangerous run game with Geis and Adrian Peterson can teach all of them. And then they took offensive linemen in the fourth and the fifth round. Shore that up. We know that about the injuries last year. But I love the Montez Sweat pick in the first. Why? Because listen, these are the names on the Redskins defense this year. Ryan Kerrigan, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Landon Collins, Reuben Foster, Josh Norman. I love you, man. That's, you can't do any better than that. That's a glow up for a defense right there in the NFL if I've ever seen one. These guys have a, a lot of potential. And if, if Haskins, who plays, I don't want to say plays similar to Andy Dalton, but he's got some traits similar to Andy Dalton. And he's got a head coach who made Andy Dalton great when he was in Cincinnati. If that offense can be defen- decent in the defense, can play up to the at least the names that they've got on it, the Redskins could could be pretty good next year. Maybe compete to get in that playoff hunt. The last team that I thought did really well in this draft, the Green Bay Packers. You know, I didn't like the Rashawn Gary pick for certain reasons, but the player, I think that's definitely worth, worth the risk. You take Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, who was, you know, a... a a draft analyst darling. You took both of them in the first round. That's those are two good. That's a good first round. Then you took Elton Jenkins in the second. That's a center, and he was somebody who, when I watched him on tape, I loved him. He might not be the most fleet of foot, but man, if he gets his hands on you, you're done. You're not moving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. He's played multiple positions on the offensive line, so. He's somebody who understands the offensive, all offensive line positions. He's versatile, and, man, he is powerful. Powerful feet, anchors him into the ground. And like I said, he has got clamps on the ends of his arm. They're not hands, they're clamps. And he best not clamp on a defensive player, or uh, they ain't going anywhere except the dirt. So I love that pick. I love the Elton Jenkins in the second round. And then the other one I love, Jay Sternberger in the third round. This is a tight end who was used as a fullback, halfback style, uh, but then also had the tight end responsibilities and did those things. 
versatile tight end, a weapon in the pass game, the run game, uh, deception style tight end. He could definitely do those things. And if we're expecting this offense to change as much as we think it will, then Jay Sternberger will definitely be a piece in it. And then just to throw in another Notre Dame player, you guys know, you know, I'm a Notre Dame fan, Dexter Williams in the sixth round. Uh, this is a guy who continues to work downhill, runs hard, is explosive at times. You know, I think he, he, he was productive at Notre Dame in minimal work. So he's fresh, he's ready to go, and I think if all things play out right for him, he could be a, you know, a key piece. A key piece in this run game. That is what I've got for you. That is the the special, the NFL 2019 draft bow tie wrap it up special. That went pretty well. Nice, get in here quick, hit it, then you know, quit it. I guess. You know, life happens, and it happened this week. To, to both my co-hosts, uh, they're idiots. Nah, it's all right. We forgive them. We forgive them. Life happens. Um, so I thought I'd just throw you NFL Draft Special instead. Why try and do... You can't do random thoughts alone. You feel, feel like you're going insane. The Mental Defective League in formation. <laughs> Playing recess by yourself. Who am I, Steven Glansberg? Nah. Now, I thought I'd just come in here. I didn't get to write a, a piece about the, the draft this week, so I thought well, I'd just do it, do, it, uh, do it on the podcast instead. So thank you for listening to this special episode of Bold Nonsense, the draft special. Next week, we're going to try and get back to our normal selves. But remember, after the NBA Finals, we will do a full episode of Random Thoughts. Just, that's it. Just random thoughts. Just us messing around. It'll be it'll be a great time. Until then, though, you can find us on Twitter, bold underscore nonsense, Instagram, bold.nonsense. Email us, bold not bold nonsense podcast at gmail.com. There it is. We come to you Saturdays, SoundCloud, iTunes, all those things. Until we talk to you next time, until we have the full crew back together. I'm at Walsh Disney. Thank you for listening. Stay senseless. very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.